Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Okay, leader, many of you have reached out and asked me what it's like to work with me in my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life Circle. So I'm going to give you a very brief overview of exactly what you get in working with me for that six-month program. You get transformation. You get walking into any room, any situation, knowing you belong, having control, having people come to you. But on a tangible basis, what does that look like? It starts with seven one-on-one laser-focused individual coaching sessions with me over six months, and then access to the six months of live weekly small group coaching calls. And because you know I only coach a handful of people, sometimes there are only two or three people on those calls. Sometimes it's only you and me. So that's like another weekly coaching session And you get to get the perspective of other executive leaders who are in the same place that you are. Get six-month access to my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life time-saving assets, trainings, modules, and all kinds of workbooks that personalize this to you. The self-discovery is inspiring. Can't wait to get on to the next module and see how much more self-control you'll have over those negative thoughts that have been holding you back. There's a private online community where we can share daily questions, but the special bonus is you have 24-7 email access to me. I'm your coach on call. You want me to look at your resume? I'm happy to. Any of the exercises that you're having difficulty with, you don't have to wait to the call. You just reach out to me and I will get back to you within 24 work hours. You're having a problem at work with somebody? I'm your coach on call. There's a leadership intake analysis that I read on my own time so that I can get more background on you, not have to use up your sessions with me. And exclusive to this program, Flow on the Go Weekly Planner, where you can track your routines, track your gratitude, track what's changing, what's showing up for you. Well, what does this look like over the six months, Mary Lee? Okay, number one, that first month, you notice your patterns, your habits. You start noticing the patterns and habits of others. You have defined your signature strengths and your personal values and you're applying those. And now you're starting to dream again. You have a vision for yourself, for your career and your life. You've stopped judging yourself and others. In month two, this is where I've taught you how to self-regulate with curiosity. You process difficult and stale emotions and release them. You replace your stuck story with how you're not whatever enough. 
and you are now creating a career plan with confidence, feeling worthy, you have self-control over negative thoughts, over your behavior, and months three to six, you are playing blue sky big. You are soaring here. You are self-empowered. You execute your career and life plan. You shine, apply for stretch roles if that's what you want. You have better relationships and control over your food intake, your sleep, your exercise, your self-care. You have compassion for yourself. And you know that person that you really dislike? You actually have compassion for them. So there is a link in the show notes, maryleeganner.com slash consultation. Go ahead and apply. I will reach out. I'll set up a phone call with you. We can go over some of the details, but I'm interested in helping you be that mindful leader with a satisfied life. And there's no reason to wait because it happens quickly. Hello, leader, and welcome to episode 63 of the Still Space podcast. Five things I learned on my family vacation. We're going to have some fun today. Recently, my family was together for a summer vacation and get together in the city in which I live. Some of my family live in town here. My oldest daughter and her husband and two children, my two grandchildren, my grandsons, came to visit. And four other children who live here got together with us in some form nearly every day over a 10-day time frame. There was a lot of laughter in some deep conversations, some tears, lots of love, lots of drama. I could have been sad when everyone went back to their daily lives, upset by some things that occurred, and questioning of why some things are the way they are. Instead, I felt full. And I will share with you how I got to this place and how I stay there. Despite all of the things that go on around me, even if I wander off the path, I know how to get home. I'm not there all the time, but I know where I'm going. A long time ago, I read the book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I'm sure many of you have read this is a classic. And if you haven't, it's a very quick read. I would recommend it to you. And the advice that he gives always serves me well. Here are the four agreements. Number one, be impeccable with your word. Number two, don't take anything personally. Number three, don't make assumptions. Number four, always do your best. Now, those are four really good guideposts. In my coaching practice, I see number two and number three bring people the most sorrow, confusion, and discord with others. Number two is, again, don't take anything personally. And number three is don't make assumptions. That's pretty hard to do sometimes, right? Especially when you're feeling vulnerable, left out, hurt, dismissed, disappointed. So how do we get there? Notwithstanding these stellar pillars from Don Miguel Ruiz, here are some things I learned over the last week that will accompany the four agreements with me into the future. And I want to share them with you. 
Number one, everyone has good intent. Anytime you put together a lot of people with big personalities like my family and deep opinions like my family, there is likely to be some drama. Our family indeed has its own drama. Oddly enough, none of it has anything to do with the fact that my husband and I have a combined family of six children, all within a seven-year age range. They get along beautifully. They value and enjoy being together. If Arnie and I had never found each other and walked down the aisle of happily ever after, however, individually, we'd still be searching for our forever love amidst our own forever drama. My oldest daughter and her husband were celebrating their anniversary this week. And my second daughter and I were involved in the babysit, pick up from camp, overnight responsibility. This drew in my son and my husband and her boyfriend. The drama around this babysitting would have put war and peace to shame. Honestly, it truly was so ridiculous, you'd have to laugh. Then when we'd finally get a plan nailed down, it changed. Again, several times. Sadly, this gave my oldest daughter the impression that nobody wanted to watch her children we had an honest conversation over breakfast in order to discover this. Had she not been vulnerable enough to share that with me over the two quiches we were enjoying, dining al fresco at a restaurant? Had I not held the space for her to actually say that to me by not defending myself, just listening to her? I wouldn't have discovered that we had completely missed the point that she just wanted to enjoy her anniversary and know that we loved spending time with her children. We were so caught up in the semantics of how that was going to occur, who was responsible for what, picking up when, which child, etc. In all of that, we lost the sight of our intention. And that was that we love each other and we want to support each other. And when she said, I got the feeling nobody wanted to watch my children. That couldn't have been farther from the truth, although I can understand the assumption. We were all so concerned about getting everything right so she wouldn't have to worry about it and wouldn't be disappointed in us. We had to admit that. We didn't want her to be disappointed in us, that we lost sight of the intent. Everyone's intention was that the children be safe and happy while their parents had a lovely, romantic night away. Then when it all came together, it was really fun for everyone involved. Good intentions edge out drama. See that everyone has good intent. Don't be looking defensively for negativity. Number two, draw boundaries around what you will and will not allow. The easiest way to do this is to know what you want. When you don't know what you want, you just babble, right? You think out loud. You have to know what you will and won't do before you open your mouth and speak. When you think out loud, the conversation usually goes in circles. My husband is German and will repeatedly say to me, Mary Lee, 
You don't have to explain everything. I hear Ruiz's first agreement about being impeccable with your word ringing in my ears every time he says this to me. I get it. No is a complete sentence. And there is something clean and simple about being concise. It leaves no room for interpretation. This has worked well for me in my work, except I do tend to be late sometimes, which doesn't always go over well with my the trains run on time in Germany husband. I also do tend to want to discuss situations longer than necessary and make nice a lot, and I'm paying more attention to that, drawing clearer boundaries, being concise. Arnie says he would never pick me for a jury. I like to talk too much. Okay. Number three, if someone is disappointed, communications were likely unclear. Let me repeat that. If someone is disappointed, communications were likely unclear. It's not that the other person was a bad person, that they had malintent, that they are being dismissive of you, that they don't like you, that they're edging you out. Communications were just not clear. And when communications are unclear, assumptions and expectations evolve. I have a phrase that I use at work that goes well in these situations. Here's what it is. So what I hear you saying is, and then insert the plan or whatever you've agreed upon, denoting who is responsible for what. You will do this, so-and-so will do this, and then say, are we in agreement on this? Summarizing for everyone is a great asset for the team. Then if you have to change plans, state the change you propose and how you will remedy any fallout from that. So if you need others to change their plans to accommodate you, pose it as a question. I would like to propose a change if everyone is in agreement. That way, right out of the gate, you are stating that you are changing the plan. Not, hey, I have to do this and this isn't going to work. No. I'd like to propose a change if everyone is in agreement. That builds better connection and will actually get other people to agree with what you want much more easily than you just dismissing them and telling them that it doesn't suit you. Number four, own your stuff. If you change your role in any plan, understand how that will affect other people and compensate for that. If you make a mistake, state so quickly, not after more drama. If things are going nowhere, ask that everyone have a chance at stating what they are willing to own in the situation. Ownership makes for progress. I said to my family, I am going to own my piece in this drama. I wasn't concise. I wasn't committal. And I think I communicated something far different than my intent. I am owning that. And when you do that, the other people are much more likely to own their stuff. Be the leader. Own your stuff. And number five, be vulnerable and put love first. If everyone is posturing around what they believe, there isn't room for connection. Fear is present. Fear your opinion won't matter. Fear you'll be shamed. Fear you'll let someone down. Fear you won't be accepted. 
When you say these fears to other people, clarity around the real issue and how to prioritize connection and efficacy emerges. You immediately open the door for growth, not more posturing or more personal agendas or more cynicism to avoid discomfort. In the scenario that I just described to you, the fears that were present were that we weren't going to be able to watch the children to the expectation of my oldest daughter. That was our head trash going on. And she was afraid of the rejection of that we didn't want to babysit her children. All drama that could have been avoided with these five things. Number one, everyone has good intent. Number two, draw boundaries around what you will and will not allow. Know what those are before you open your mouth. Number three, if someone is disappointed, communications were likely unclear. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person. We don't want to jump to conclusions about what their assumptions or expectations were. Let's just clarify the communications. Number four, own your stuff. Don't walk around creating drama around the fact that you can't sit with the discomfort of shame or fear or whatever else is going on. Own your stuff because then you can release what you own. If not, you're dancing around it and it's chasing you down like a nipping chihuahua forever. And number five, be vulnerable. Put love first, even if there's rejection there. You be open enough and know yourself well enough to get into that still space and say, hey, yeah, this is what I'm feeling. I think I'm going to share that so that you can better understand me and don't have to draw a conclusion around behavior that is just me not wanting to feel that I might be a little vulnerable here. I might be a little judged. I'm, I'm fearing I might not fit in when you're open with your communication about how you're feeling People will not be dismissive because everyone does have good intention. Nobody wants to be mean. Happy people don't hurt one another. They don't. Evil is present in the world, but that's generally not what's going on in your world every day. So wishing you some moments in the still space to find your own growth and freedom this week. I'm glad you were with me today, and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me.